um, like, so go to our YouTube page and let's actually, I'll start streaming mm -hmm. and you can actually see the stream on YouTube before we start the proper event. Is it going to be Arcade Wayfinder or did you fix it? What? No, that, that, so that was Periscope because it was connected to our Twitter account, which is, okay. is Arcade Wayfinder. That's... So I'm on Ar Arcade Wayfinding. Yeah. Now what? On the YouTube page? Yeah. Okay. So now nothing until I start the stream. Okay. So are we Go ready to start it. the yeah. stream? Go for it. Okay, starting our rogue stream. So hopefully what will happen is in the next minute or two, so it's still setting up. Zero people are watching. Okay. That I like it. And if you're logged in as us, then zero people will probably continue to be watching. Mm -hmm. Still there we go. It says online. Mm -hmm. You see a stream? Refresh. No indicator that we're we're live streaming at the moment. Um, go to videos. There we go. You might want to mute it, yeah. but we can see that there's a live stream active. Cool. So there's a fair chance that no one will log on to so our... Could I copy this right here and put it on... On LinkedIn? LinkedIn. Yeah, you sure could. So while you're doing that, there's a fair chance that no one will actually log in to this, and that's okay because... Oh, yeah. We did not prepare a live stream, and we can talk more as time goes by about how to plan for a live stream. This was not a planned for live stream because we are learning how to live stream. So this is actually our very first time live streaming anything ever, and we are live streaming as we record episode 63. So if you are a listener of The Critical Path, and you are interested in the future of catching our YouTube live stream podcasts, then uh, watch LinkedIn and in the future, we'll actually let you know ahead of time that these are going to be happening. Jason is actually posting right now on LinkedIn in case anyone should happen to jump in to our... Look at that. Huh? Oh, came out nice. That is cool. Welcome to The Critical Path with Mary and Jason, a podcast about business development, company culture, and loving the place you work just a little bit more. You got it. I know. I kept getting it wrong because being on video is different. It's, it's a little bit different. It's a little weird. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to get through the whole podcast this way. This gives me flashbacks to uh, Hackers. I uh, was serial killer. Hack uh, the planet. Hack the planet. <laughs> and, and he's on the stream mm -hmm. and he goes, wow, it kind of feels like God. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, anyway. So if you're listening to this podcast because it normally came up on your podcast app, uh, we are live streaming this episode. So it means there will be a live stream that happened live and in the moment. Right now and in the past. It is actually happening yeah. right now. Uh, and then there will be a YouTube video of this podcast so that we talked while we were rehearsing mm -hmm. about the idea that you'd be able to see me roll my eyes at Jason live <laughs> for the first time. I think people would pay money for that. It's true. Yeah. So uh, we've been asked to research live streaming for some other stuff. Mm -hmm. And we thought our podcast would be a great time to figure out the technology and play with it. Yeah. And we're working on bringing live streaming to Builder Chat. 
uh, with ABC. We're going to see where that goes, uh, but also doing some other fun things with it. So uh, this is episode 63, and the title of the episode is called Looking for Work. Looking for work. Yeah. So a lot of really great, really strong people right now are out in the market looking mm -hmm. for work because everything is a little crazy right now. Yeah. I, I feel like there have been dozens that we've been interacting with over the last couple of weeks and months mm -hmm. uh, who came loose during a series of different events. Everybody kind of has their own story, but we feel like uh, for a lot of people, they're on the market right now and maybe they never have been before. It's kind of a first for them. So we give them uh, some kind of stock advice that is really uh, interesting and really helpful, but we feel like this kind of advice could be used by the larger audience. Absolutely. So yeah. if you're listening to this podcast and you either are currently looking for work mm -hmm. or maybe in the future, then this one's for you. So uh, where do we start? So a number of folks, let's say you, you get cut, you get let go, we can't afford to pay you, we put you on unemployment, uh, you get fired. What so are I, the reasons? So then I call you up. Yes. And I say, Jason, I lost my job. Yep. So I'm going to do my resume and then I'm going to send it to you and will you take a look at it? And you're going to tell me that I need to do something before I do my resume. Yeah. Well, and actually a lot of people don't even jump to the resume step. They just start talking to people. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they try to immediately jump into another relationship before kind of taking a second to self-reflect. So it's a of, little like getting broken up with. It is. And then just going out to the bar that <laughs> night yeah. and trying to find somebody else to spend some time with. I had a, a person who was close to me in my life. And he got fired and it was kind of a heated exchange, but he, he got a nice severance package and he came to the office. He was kind of flustered and he, he stopped in and we're, we're oftentimes that person when things are going crazy, then, then people will drop in out of the blue and just say, mm -hmm. uh, can you help me or what are your thoughts or what should I do? I'm looking for work, Jason and Mary. Yeah. What do I do? Yeah. And I mean, it, it, we could have a whole different conversation about <laughs> that, but I think the, the, advice that I gave him uh, was just take a minute, take a breath, especially if you have a decent severance package, especially if you have a little bit of time, just take a minute. You have a breathing room and you're not afraid of what's going to happen tomorrow. Mm -hmm. and, and everybody is in a different circumstance, but I think the important part is take a breath and try to figure out what, what you're really about. Because many times you started your career, you started your job because you needed a paycheck. Yep. And maybe it's been 20 years, maybe it's been 30 years that you've been in the same position or the same uh, looking position. It looked mm -hmm. the same over the decades. So use the time to actually think about what are you meant to be doing? What have you learned over the course of your career and, and where do you feel like it will best to be applied? What do you want to do? And in the example of the story that I gave you, uh, the guy came in and I gave him that advice and he called me, I want to say the next day, and he had immediately gotten into a worse situation uh, than he came from mm -hmm. and, and then had a few successive bad outcomes after that because he just kind of rushed into the relationship. Mm -hmm. and, and I think the relationship nature, it's, it's weird when you put it that way. But your relationship with your employer, with your boss, with your coworkers, that is, for some people, you spend more time at work than you actively spend with your family. Yep, absolutely. And that relationship with your employer has a big effect mm -hmm. on your relationship with your family. Mm -hmm. Because if you're working at a place where your work-life balance is out of sorts, yeah. then all of a sudden 
your whole scenario can change and you have less time or if you're unhappy there, then what's that going to do to right. the time that you're at home? So it's a huge thing to consider. So when we're actually, let's say we've made it through the assessment and we figured out roughly where we want to be and where we want to go, uh, I, I always say the resume is the first stop for the reason that, that even if you don't end up using it, it can be helpful to kind of look at where you came from. What does your career history look like? What are your skill sets? And, and it's almost like a workshopping tool that, that uh, many people will stress over it, trying to get it perfect. It matters less that it's perfect. And it matters more that you actually get something meaningful out of the process. Or people worry about the graphic design elements. Mm -hmm. And what I always say is, unless you're trying to get a job as a graphic designer, mm -hmm. the graphic design of your resume is not important. Yep. It, it's great if you can get pulled out of a slush pile from having a really distinctive looking resume. That's mm -hmm. fantastic. But the idea is your work experience should stand for itself. Yep. If it's if it looks clean, if it looks like you cared when you put it together, it doesn't really matter if it looks unique or distinctive. So in, in kind of some rough, broad strokes about resumes, it's important that you have metrics, especially if you're in the construction industry, that you have metrics that you've captured. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. But be thinking about metrics. Uh, you should have a short resume. So this is not a three-page, five-page uh, master's thesis. This was actually one of the first conversations you and I had. It is. You had gotten advice mm -hmm. that you should put everything you possibly could on your resume yep. because it made you look better. Mm -hmm. And my stance was, and still is to this day, yep. you put as little as possible on your resume because that makes you look better. But it wants to be short. It wants to be uh, tight. It wants to be clean. And it wants to have some punch to it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the, the biggest part about a resume is that it should tell your story. Mm -hmm. It should it should be the preview for for what someone wants to know. It should be like a, a teaser trailer for the best movie you've ever seen. Mm -hmm. By the time you get through it, you should be like, no, I really want to talk to this person. Mm -hmm. Even if we don't have a position, I want to talk to this person. Mm -hmm. So uh, in that same kind of conversation about not just putting as much as you can mm -hmm. on the resume, I think often one of the first mistakes that I see with resume is someone will put the job, put their job on there, put their job listing on there, and then start just listing all of the things that a person does in that job. Oh, yeah. So if you were a project engineer and you go in and you list all the things that project engineers do mm -hmm. every day. You're basically copying your job description. Right. Mm -hmm. And the point is the person who's hiring probably knows what a project engineer does. If you're moving industries, mm -hmm. it might make sense to go in and say, really, what are those day-to-day? -day? Because if I'm going into marketing, mm -hmm. they might not know what a project engineer does every but, day. But even in that case, I would try to translate for them yes. so that you, you spit back what my skill set can do for you. What's relevant. Mm -hmm. But the important thing here is don't think about what do all project engineers do every day mm -hmm. and guess what? I did it. I made the I made the bare the minimum. Bare minimum. I, how many pieces of flair do you want me to have? Mm -hmm. Instead, what you want to do is think about what did I do that was distinctive mm -hmm. as a project engineer? What did I do that was special? What did I do that made me stand out and be different from yeah. other project engineers? Yeah. And so we, when we're talking about resumes, we do advocate for a cover letter. Uh, this is kind of your, your personal story uh, that, that kind of leads into your resume. So, so what's interesting about you? Uh, why, why are you looking? What are you looking for? Why do you get up in the morning? People often feel like they want to strip all their personality out of that cover letter. Like it's, it's, like it's technical writing. They're trying to be professional. 
But the idea is you can, so you shouldn't be unprofessional mm-hmm. in your cover letter. You shouldn't have swear words in talk it. Talk down or, about people. Right. Talk mm-hmm. bad about your last job. Yeah. You should be professional, but we can be professional and still be a person. Mm-hmm. So your cover letter is really your chance to put a little bit of who you are, what you care about, what you yeah. believe in, what matters to you. This is part of what makes you distinctive. This is right. how you'll stand out and they'll feel like they connect with you. Mm-hmm. So the, the goal of both of those documents is to, to get them interested enough that they are willing to pick up the phone, that they are willing mm-hmm. to email you, that they're willing to reach out to get more. I want more information. I want to find out uh, about this person. And it, your, your resume should, should line out the skills that would prepare you for whatever role you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So it's always good in a resume to kind of show progressive growth. If you can show that at this position or at this time, uh, you were you were given more opportunity for management and more opportunity for, for uh, authority and direction. Mm-hmm. If you can show that progression over time, that's fantastic. But this comes back to that original conversation that we had about mm-hmm. thinking about what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Because the truth is that your cover letter and your resume they should be written with a direction in mind. Mm -hmm. So what I would do every time that I have ever had to write a resume is think about where do I want to be? And that's not necessarily, you know, people often get hung up on putting the position they're looking for on their resume and you can do that. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But it's less, I'm looking to be this position, this kind of role and more, what are the things that will be valued where I'm going? So if I'm going to look for a coding job, there are different things that are going to be valued in a coding job, a computer software code, than if I'm going to get a marketing job and I or, want or to do graphic design. Or in a liquid coding job. Yeah, liquid coding <laughs> it's a different thing. Different thing. So what are the skills that will be valued where mm-hmm. I'm trying to go? Mm-hmm. And then write my cover letter to talk about how personally I have those qualities mm-hmm. And write my resume to show how professionally I have done things Mm -hmm. that prove I'll be good at doing what you want me to do. So I could write three different resumes that all are completely valid and accurate about my history Mm -hmm. that are targeted to three different jobs and they would look entirely different. Mm -hmm. So it's important that we think about that too. Instead of just trying to throw everything I've done down on the page, we want to... You know, we want to use this leverage. We want to use this focus piece of thinking about where I'm trying to go and then building a document that will drive me there. And when we're putting it together, we want to think about white space. We want mm-hmm. to, to make it easy to read. So people, as time has gone by, uh, they, they have shorter and shorter attention spans. They're less mm-hmm. willing to actually read through a dense document for a resume. That's not untrue. However, I, I told you when mm-hmm. you were... 18 years old, Mm -hmm. writing your first resume, back then it was no different. Mm -hmm. Nobody sitting, if you think about it, if you've ever had the role of hiring, nobody wants to read dense, tiny letter. It's not about attention span. Mm -hmm. It's just not a place where you want to read that much. Mm -hmm. You want it to be quick, in, out, interesting, engaging. And and feedback feedback that's most common that that I've received for my resumes that you've penned, uh, (laughs) secret, uh, is that that they're interesting. That Have they're... you ever made your own resume? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, but it's I feel early. like I made most of them. Yeah, and I feel like I always did a first pass. And oh, well, like, sure. here, here's what it looks I'm not like. Saying and you're you, like, no, 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 go sit down. I'm not saying we're you have done no work. All I'm saying is you were 17 when we started dating. Mm-hmm. I Oh, I've had resumes before that, Most too. of your resume. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Did you have a resume for working at Burger King when you were a teenager? No, no, no. But for <laughs> uh, for my summer job at the clothes store, I did. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. At Marshalls? Yeah. And, and I think I did at uh, Turf and Tree MD, uh, the lawn. Yeah, but I was there for that. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so one of the most interesting things about resumes, especially in the construction world, is that for as how for as important as metrics are to the construction industry, mm-hmm. you will rarely, if ever, see real metrics on a resume. And and so that's kind of crazy to me that people would would not include metrics, measurements of their performance in their role. These are like highlights. These are huge opportunities. And, and we're talking about things like how many dollars did you run? So this is a little like if I'm trying to get onto a football team mm-hmm. and no one ever talks about like how many yards how rushing, many, yards, yards passing, sacks per game, right? Uh, safeties, touchbacks. There are like a billion stats that you could use. And when they're deciding who they're going to draft on their teams, they're looking at those numbers. The, the metrics are driving the decision mm-hmm. uh, to, to a large extent. And so in the same degree, if you think about everything that we have the ability to measure on construction projects, it's crazy that we wouldn't put that. Uh, so we want to make sure we're focusing on things that, that contribute to our role that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. We want to focus on things like safety. How many recordable injuries did we have on a project? How many hours work did we have uh, without an injury? Uh, how many, uh, what, what measures of profit did we have? Uh, how many, how many uh, uh, people did we successfully manage on site? How many scope packages did we manage? Uh, anything under the sun that you can think of that we could measure, mm-hmm. all of those things tell a story and you don't have to brag about yourself when, when you're sharing that data. Well, and I think a lot of people can feel really intimidated by that mm-hmm. conversation. Like, how do I, how do I communicate that information? How do I get that information? My company isn't mm-hmm. isn't tracking this on a dashboard that I have in front of me. What do I do? When I said in a very recent conversation, uh, you don't need a forensic chemist. You don't need a, a lab technician to measure the stuff for you with a fine tooth comb. I don't know who's measuring with combs, but. <laughs> But the idea is that that it doesn't have to be a perfect measurement, but it should be something close. Mm -hmm. And to get close to those accurate numbers, it's actually pretty easy because guess what? Estimators, uh, construction folks are pretty darn good at estimating, right? When I was a kid, I could tell you how many square feet a roof was at age 19 just from standing on the ground. Oh, it's that. And I'd be plus or minus 50. This is the skill that you have that I'm really terrible at. It is. But but that's why I'm good at, at a lot of things construction. And mm-hmm. many, many folks in construction have that type of skill. It's just a general estimation. But yep, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be close. Yep. Uh, and, and I think that one key piece that a lot of people miss about resumes is your LinkedIn profile, the link to your LinkedIn profile, should be prominent on the resume. Absolutely. So many people don't know this, but when you punch in somebody's name inside of Google, if you've ever used Google, uh, LinkedIn is the first place that it goes. LinkedIn is the first place that Google goes Mm -hmm. when looking for people. 
So guess what? If you're in any sort of professional-like role uh, or even professional-adjacent role, Mm -hmm. uh, having a LinkedIn profile can do a lot of good to to help promote where you've been and, and what you've done. Yep, absolutely. LinkedIn, it's kind of like if you look at a company, mm-hmm. the first thing you're going to do is go see if they have a website. Right. And if they don't have a website, it's not a good look. Yeah, so if you're vetting a subcontractor, and one of the first stops I would take is I would go to LinkedIn and I would go to their website. Mm-hmm. And if they don't have a website and I've never worked with them before, they might just get scrapped. They yeah. might just get thrown away unless they came in with, from a very unique reference. Mm-hmm. So it's important to, to think about that. It's important to build those connections up. So another thing that people will ask is, do I even need a resume anymore? Mm -hmm. Because I have my stuff on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts about that? Oh, absolutely. So I think that that a resume is another uh, opportunity Mm -hmm. to communicate slightly different information. It's not about changing information, but it's about crafting your story. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the LinkedIn profile is kind of a bigger, a bigger canvas to work on. Yep, that's exactly what I was going to say is that I stole it. You stole it. Is that your your resume is that place where you use that focus, you use mm-hmm. that direction. You really communicate directly to what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Your LinkedIn is where you go and now you can see everything. Yeah. Not that there's stuff that you don't put on your resume per se, but mm-hmm. uh, just today we were looking someone up and we knew that this person had a company mm-hmm. and we looked at their company and we looked at the website and we learned a little bit. And then we went over to LinkedIn and saw actually that this person had been affiliated with like four different companies mm-hmm. that he had owned and run and yeah. had a part of. And it gave us a much more complete picture mm-hmm. of who this person was. Right. So that's the LinkedIn is where you go. That's the Google. That's the everything, everything about you. So uh, if you looked at my resume, I probably wouldn't talk about the nonprofit organization that I ran years ago when my mm-hmm. kids were little, but it's on my LinkedIn. Yeah. You can go to my LinkedIn and see what it is, what it was, what yeah. it was about. I think I have uh, derby coaching or yeah. you know, organization for, for girls, uh, a roller derby yeah. on LinkedIn. It gives personality, but you're not necessarily going to feature that on your resume. Exactly. Right. Uh, so when we're, we're thinking about resume and we're thinking about LinkedIn, um, if you're trying to sell something to anyone, and be clear, you are selling something here. Mm-hmm. You're trading your time for money. Uh, when you're selling something to anyone, the way that you're going to have the best luck in the world is if you have a personal connection with them. Yep. So anything that you can do to get across your personality, to communicate your personality, to communicate uh, your, your spirit and your energy, something unique about you. That is the best thing that you can do from, from a job-seeking standpoint. The truth is, the spoiler and the secret is we're doing it right now. So <laughs> it's happening right now. This podcast is part of the purpose of this podcast. People ask us, well, I don't get why you podcast. How does that make What's your you, angle? How does that make you money? It doesn't. And the truth is it doesn't. Yeah. We don't make any money based on the podcast. We don't sell ads. We don't do any of that. However... If you're thinking about working with us Mm -hmm. and you want to go listen to the podcast, you learn about what we think, what we value, what we're all about, Mm -hmm. and you can decide whether or not you should work with us or not. Yeah. So we say when you're you're listening to the podcast, it's like sitting down and having a cup of coffee with us. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and we are very 
uh, in person, uh, personal, we're, we're uh, very folksy and happy to sit down and talk with anybody. And so that's part of our personality that mm-hmm. we try to communicate. But when we're talking about LinkedIn and even resume to some extent, yeah. uh, a photo, a personal photo of you is one of the most valuable things that you can have included. So kind of like, like if you take your audio only podcast and put it on video for the first time. Too many meta moments. <laughs> too much meta. Yes, a photo is a great idea on your resume, and you should absolutely think about the picture that's on your LinkedIn. If it is a picture of you holding your baby that's actually now a middle school-age child, <laughs> you might want to think about updating your picture. Well, and and there can be this, this uh, approach where you have to be fully buttoned up. And you have to be fully proper mm-hmm. uh, and and straight faced, partial smile, right? <laughs> and it's kind of this Frankenstein thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my argument is, even if you're looking for for uh, professional C-suite positions, anything that you do that shows your personality, yes, uh, that communicates that you're a person, mm-hmm. that you have fun, uh, that you're smiling or you're laughing or or you're enjoying yourself. So this is like Pennington's website. Oh yeah, right. So Pennington so, painting. Mm-hmm. So when you go to the website, they have the Our Team page, like everybody's got. And if you first look at that Our Team page, you can see all the pictures of everybody that are their professional work photos. However, when you hover over each one, it will change to show an image of that person with something that they're passionate Mm -hmm. about. So So somebody's got a yoga mat, their sports hats, fishing tackle. Uh, Guitars, Mm -hmm. right? All, All sorts of things. So basically, as you hover over these people... Uh, you see their straight lace photo, and then out from behind it jumps this uh, fun, energetic personality. Still not unprofessional, mm-hmm. right? But it is. That's it Pennington, P E N I N. G T G T O N. Yeah. So yes. check out their website because yeah. it's it's amazing. It's a it's one of our favorite things we've ever seen. Yeah. It was early. We just first started working with Pennington, mm-hmm. and we went and we saw their website. And Jason called everyone into the office. Yeah. And he was like, "This is so cool." You need cool. to check this out. But then also on on LinkedIn, there's a feature that is your banner photo, and so your banner photo is oftentimes just this this monolithic blue border mm-hmm. kind of this shape. And many people don't even know that you can change that mm-hmm. to something. But it's very easy to do. But we recommend that you put something in there that, that advertises you, that communicates things you love, that talks about where you come from. Uh, it could be a skyline of Seattle. Mm-hmm. It could be uh, photos of mountains. It could be you know anything that, that drives you or, or talks about what you are. And whether you're looking for work or not, thinking about your LinkedIn is smart. Mm-hmm. To make it look professional, make it look good, make it current. Mm-hmm. Often I see stuff on LinkedIn where they're like, uh, I just saw someone's profile the other day and in their bio at the end of it, it said, 2017 is going to be the greatest year ever. <laughs> so that tells you something. And so is their, their two-year-old in, in their lap who's now driving a car. Exactly. Yeah. So the idea is... By keeping that stuff updated, mm-hmm. uh, it's we're prepared if we should find ourselves suddenly looking for work. That's one less thing you have to worry about. Yeah. But also, that kind of networking is a really good thing to just get your head around. Mm-hmm. And then as other people move to other jobs, because right now everybody, so many people are switching jobs, mm-hmm. you don't lose those connections. If yeah. you know somebody from general roofing and now they're not there anymore, if you're on LinkedIn and you're connected to them, you will see where they went. We just saw somebody who had moved to another company and we were like, oh, look, that person landed. They yeah. found a job. Yeah. 
So always, always good to see that. Yeah. So being connected to people on LinkedIn, even if you're not on there every day watching everyone's posts, mm -hmm. it lets you find people again. It is that Rolodex that updates itself, mm -hmm. which is really valuable. Yeah. And also, if you get suddenly fired or let go and they take your computer, guess what? You still have your, your LinkedIn info yes. and that's yours. Yep. Yeah. They can't take that. Uh, so when you're, you're writing out your profile, and, and this also applies to the cover letter and to the resume, you want to figure out what your voice sounds like. So this is your writing voice. And you want to make sure that, that you have consistency through the resume, through the letter, uh, with LinkedIn. It doesn't mean that there can't be variations, but you want to kind of think about what voice you're using here to talk about yourself. Is it first person? Is it third person? Mm -hmm. uh, it'd be weird if it was second person. You could do it. You could write a cool... I mean, I think if you were going into the right industry, you could write a cool second-person resume. Yeah. Okay, go for it. You know, it'd be like a choose-your-own-adventure. Ooh. Right? Where you're like... I think what I would do is I would write a choose-your-own-adventure. This is like <laughs> about if you're trying who, to who get you a job. Hire? So I recently looked at uh, Wizards of the Coast. Yeah. Uh, magic the Gathering, which and if you Dungeons know us and at Dragons. all, you know that we love magic. Well, it was magic that was hiring. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, if I could do that freelance and still do what I'm doing here, but just also do some right, pick up some writing for magic, project. I would totally do that. Yeah. So it turned out they were looking for someone in-house, and yeah. I never ended up sending them a resume. Yeah. But if you were going to do something kind of off the wall like that, like this is they're looking for someone to write stories yeah. about their game mm -hmm. in order to get people more interested in their game. That's perfect nerdery for you. So I'd go into the resume and it'd be like... Uh, you walk into a... <laughs> yeah, it'd be like, you just finished school and now you're thinking about two different directions you could go. Which one? And yeah. then, because my job history before Arcade, I kind of did go all over the place. Yeah. So I could have all the options actually be things that I did, right? <laughs> and you could kind of have a little decision tree. Something like that in a job like that. And oh, I know yeah. this isn't really relevant it's very to construction. Very specific, yeah. But I think it's it makes an interesting point. Yeah. It's still worth talking about. Yeah. Because you think about the job that you're going for. You think about the kind of person who is hiring and mm -hmm. what would strike them. So this is where the metrics come in. Mm -hmm. Is someone hiring a project manager? Hearing from someone who can tell you every detail about their jobs in the past, mm -hmm. that communicates to me that they're going to be able to tell me every detail about their jobs in the future. Yes. They're going to know those metrics. They're yeah. going to run those metrics. So it's not just letting them know what I've done. Mm -hmm. It's telling them something about who I am. It's mm -hmm. a third dimension. So writing a choose your own adventure <laughs> resume while a, someone hiring a project manager would be like, what it even is this? <laughs> someone looking to hire a writer for a game company yeah. would see that as a really, maybe, maybe as a really interesting and risky move. Right. Yeah, but a lot of times, depending on the industry, risk is good. So when we're, we're putting our, our profiles together on LinkedIn, we want to make sure that we have plenty of white space and have line breaks. We want to make the information easy to digest. So if you've ever opened up any document, unless you're in like tech, technical reading uh, for your job, whenever you open up a full page of, of 10 point text, uh, border to border, yep. you just get exhausted just looking at it. Before and you even start reading it. So you want to make it easy for folks to, to get the picture of, of what you're all about. So in your profile, make sure there are plenty of line breaks. Make sure that there's plenty of white space to break everything up. Bullet points mm -hmm. where possible. Yep. Uh, and I always advocate for adding project photos. Yes. So 
add photos into LinkedIn uh, that shows your experience. If you have any awards for projects that you participated on, uh, go ahead and add those. Add any of the achievements or accomplishments that you have for your specific projects, right? This is your chance to, to show what it is that you've done. Mm -hmm. If you're in any kind of a leadership role, mm -hmm. pictures of you with a happy looking team mm -hmm. are way better than pictures of you with a very buttoned down professional looking team. Anytime mm -hmm. you look like you're having fun with your people, yeah. that's going to be something that people are going to see and want more of. Right. And and kind of the last piece on the LinkedIn portion of this, this journey is make sure that you make use of the endorsements. Make sure that you ask for recommendations. So reach out to the folks who are close to you, who are your customers, who are uh, your, your bosses or, or mm -hmm. past uh, folks that you reported to, mm -hmm. and ask them to write just a short blurb that talks about what is magic about you. Mm -hmm. And written recommendations, when they the part where you can actually write a paragraph about someone, mm -hmm. is worth way, way more than clicking the endorse skill. So think about this. If you're going to buy something, right, and you're not going to go to the store to do it, you're just going to go to, to Amazon, mm -hmm. you punch in the thing that you want to get, mm -hmm. The very first stop after that is looking at the reviews. Yep. Right? Is looking at the reviews for folks who who had experiences with those products. Mm -hmm. And then it's not even necessarily that a bad review would dissuade you. Mm -hmm. But it's by understanding, are these people crazy? Or uh, you're listening for the details that, that matter most to you. Mm -hmm. And those reviews are some of the most valuable things that you'll use in making your decision. Yeah, so absolutely. in that same context, your reviews are basically your, your recommendations, your, your written endorsements. Mm -hmm. So also uh, in our history, often we're looking for recommendations for our website because you'll find our website is full of testimonials mm -hmm. and we'll run across people who we ask and ask and ask mm -hmm. and they cannot do not will not write a recommendation yeah. even though they have nothing but great things to say yeah. it's just that writing something down mm -hmm. is a lot for them yeah. and in that case what you it, can do here's, here's looking at you travis this is travis uh, <laughs> so what you can do is you can get them in, especially right now mm -hmm. when everybody's doing remote meetings, yeah. get them into something like Zoom yeah. and have them just tell you what they liked about working with you. Right. And then you can take that, transcribe it to words, send it over them, mm -hmm. say, this is what you said. Do you want to mm -hmm. edit anything? And they might add something or they might edit something. And now you have that testimonial that this isn't a... a way to get around behind their back yeah. and get them to do it against their will. This is understanding that for some people, writing a testimonial is a lot and saying a testimonial is way easier. So in the same way that you want to make your, your resume and your job history easy to understand. Like if I want a foreman mm -hmm. to tell me how it was to work with me, I'm probably going to have better luck getting them to talk than to write. But although I think foreman, mm -hmm. for us anyway, have done a better job at, <laughs> at, at providing those testimonials. Stuff. But you hear what I'm saying. People oh, absolutely. who don't like to write, yeah. it's yeah. whoever that is. But if you're asking something of someone, you want to make it as easy as possible for them. Yes. Uh, because they're basically doing you the favor. Mm -hmm. uh, so, well, And you can get better better testimonials that way too. Oh, sure. If someone, if they wrote the testimonial, it would just be very wooden because mm -hmm. they're very uncomfortable. And if you let them speak... It's better. So now we kind of have our, our we've circled the wagons on our, our resume. We figured out what we wanted to do. We've updated LinkedIn. It's looking all shiny and snazzy. Mm -hmm. uh, so then the next step in the process is to think about who's doing what I want to do. What companies are out there 
like key and peel ideally though dog i'd be doing what you're doing yeah uh so who's doing what you want to be doing what do you want to who's be a your part ideally of? though yeah who's your ideally though <laughs> and and i think it's important that you uh put a little bit of thought into that and figure out what are ways that you could start conversations with with the kind of company that you want to work for yeah because there's so much of the time when we'll hear people say things like well i love to work for a company like this company. But like, I know, I'll go ahead and but say I a never, name. This is a place where you can say a name. Yeah. I'd love to work with GLY. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know that. I don't know that. I'm, I don't know that GLY would hire me. Yeah, I don't know that I'm up to, to par right. for for that level of company. Right. But people always will pigeonhole themselves, mm-hmm. and and you kind of cut your your own nose off. Uh, before you've even tried, before you've even had the conversation. Uh, so think big. Think about what are the types of companies you'd like to work for. And then figure out who do you know, who works there, uh, who could who could get a conversation for you. Well, and even if it's true that you're not quite ready to mm-hmm. get a job at that company. So if I say, well, what I really like to do is work at GLY. Mm-hmm. And maybe my job history really isn't going to get me hired there right now because that's just how that is. Yeah. Um, if I could find a project engineer mm-hmm. at GLY who would take time to have coffee with me, yeah. and I could say, if it's my goal in the next few years to work there, mm-hmm. what would you suggest I focus on and pay attention to? Yeah. That person is very likely, you're very likely to be able to set that up because mm-hmm. whoever is in that chair, they probably, that was probably there ideally though at some point. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be probably easy to get them to sit down with you and give you some advice because people like to give advice. Mm-hmm. Now you have a connection at that company who talked to you, who knows that you're interested in that company. Mm-hmm. And now you have some ideas about what to work on. And there doesn't even have to be a position on the table. And I understand scarcity and, and if you're running out of money and, and if mm-hmm. you need to find a job immediately, I get that. Mm-hmm. This doesn't necessarily apply to that immediate need. Mm-hmm. But in the big picture, Take the time to actually try to meet some of those folks at your ideal company because you want to make sure that that uh, you're having those conversations, that you're learning about your dream job, mm-hmm. uh, that you're taking steps to get closer to it. Exactly, and if it so, it's possible that mm-hmm. by having that conversation, something magical could happen, and you mm-hmm. could end up in that role yeah. that you wanted. But even if that's not the case. You could get really good information about what your next step should be mm-hmm. if the step after that is going to be this company, yeah. right? So it could help me direct where I get a job today mm-hmm. if I know I want to get a job at my ideally though company tomorrow. So another concept that we advocate is the idea that when you actually sit down and there is a job on the table, and even to some extent if there isn't, mm-hmm. interview them. You should be grilling them just as hard, if not harder, than they're grilling you. Absolutely. You should be asking them questions about what that role and what that opportunity looks like, or what does it look like to be a part of this team? We say that every day that you show up at your job, you're voting for them Mm -hmm. with your time, with your effort, with your energy. You're voting for that company. Mm -hmm. And the day that you can't show up there anymore is Mm -hmm. the day that you stop giving them your vote. You stop choosing them. So you need them to convince you mm-hmm. that they're a good home for you. Because if they're not willing to do that, then are they? Mm-hmm. When, when you're having those conversations, you really should be focusing on fit. You really should be focusing on culture. Uh, it, it, a culture match is more important than almost any other factor on the table. If you sit down and let's say there is good money, mm-hmm. uh, but there's a terrible cultural fit, 
that's going to be a bad outcome for you in in the long run. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's important. It says something very clear and and pertinent about you that if that it, culture and culture fit is your number one priority, mm -hmm. it says something about what kind of, of partner, what kind of team member you would be at that company. Yeah, absolutely. And from my perspective, uh, and this is for me personally, if they take that poorly, then I know immediately that I'm in the wrong place. Yeah. Right? I should really be looking to vote elsewhere. And yeah, companies who value their people won't be offended if your first question is, I want to know if I fit here. Mm -hmm. I want to know if I'm going to be happy here. If their response to that question is, don't ask and who, how dare you and who do you think you are? Yeah. This is probably not a place you're going to be happy. Yeah. And unless that's the sort of thing you're happy with. I don't know. Well, but if that's the sort of thing you're happy with, yeah. you probably aren't listening to the critical path. <laughs> probably not, especially not at episode 63. 63. Yeah. So uh, that's that's what we have for you today. Uh, we tell folks that we are not headhunters, we're not recruiters, but we are matchmakers and we oftentimes help people find new homes. Yeah. Uh, so if you find yourself in this category, feel free to reach out and we will do our best to uh, give you advice or point you in the right direction. We know a lot of people who are still hiring at this point, um, but we're, we're always in the market to meet new people. We do a lot of looking at people's resumes mm -hmm. and have never charged anyone for yeah. looking at their resume. Yeah. So feel free to reach out. We just really like the kind of connections that we make by helping people find where they want to be. Yeah. So uh, housekeeping, anything last minute? Well, we talked about live streaming. We still have zero, but again, awesome. that was expected. Yeah. Uh, in the future, we're planning to kind of drum up these live streams a little bit and see if we can get people more interested in checking it out. Well, and in fairness, people had zero notice that oh, any of this was going on. We, this was a very ninja live stream. Called Rogue. Very secret. Yeah, yeah that's our. That's actually our uh, jetpack. We haven't done a jetpack for a few episodes. Yeah. Rogue so live stream. Yeah, rogue live stream. So, uh, if you're if you're part of the Critical Path podcast, you know what jetpack is. So, is rogue live stream like X Men Rogue? Like, if you watch our live stream, then we'll steal your powers. Uh, maybe. You think? Maybe. I feel like it might be. But uh, that means we have no one's powers today. Okay, no powers today. <laughs> no one's yeah. powers. Uh, so. We are uh, offering a lot of training remotely right now. Mm -hmm. So our Art of War series, uh, Working in Control series, Blueprint Reading, and MS Project, those are all available uh, remotely. Lately, we've been hard at work working on our new Implicit Bias session, mm -hmm. which is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And also, we've been hard at work on a new uh, construction, communication, and conflict management series. Yeah, for so. one of our, our favorite folks, GLY. Yeah. yeah, so more information on that as we get it built and roll it out, but that's been fun. You can find us. You can find us. Right here, right now. Right here, right now on the live stream, <laughs> uh, on Periscope and YouTube Live, and hopefully LinkedIn Live will let us do podcasts there because that's going to be a thing where most people would see us. It's a whole thing. It's a, I mean, not, nobody follows us on YouTube. Yeah. So you, well, we literally just started putting stuff there. Literally just started putting stuff up. Yeah. But, but you can find it there now. So you can find us actually on Arcade Wayfinding on YouTube. Yep. Yeah. 
You can find us on thecriticalpathpodcast.com. Yes, you can. You can find us on arcadewayfinding.com. You can find us on LinkedIn, Jason Sturgeon, Mary Sturgeon, Arcade Wayfinding. You can find us on West Seattle Island. I hear the weather there is beautiful this time of year. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah, as it rains outside today. All right. So come have a cup of coffee. Till next time. Wear your mask. <laughs> Please do. Watch for it. Yeah, watch for it. We'll see you. No, no outtakes for a live stream. But... That's very nice. <laughs> That's fantastic. That was for the kids. All the kids watching the live stream. All the stream. kids that watch the critical path. Yes. With Jason and Mary. On YouTube. On YouTube. Yes. Our kids would be so upset if they knew we were on here right now. Watch for it. <laughs> or don't. I don't know how to stop it. Here we go. There is no stop. I can't stop it. How do we stop it? <laughs> we can never leave. All right. Bye. I'm ready for a test. Are you? For being tested. So this one's going to be an interesting. So this one's going to be interesting. See, this is great for the fans because they can see me roll my eyes at you, which before they can only hear me roll my eyes oh, at you. I don't know. We'll see in the test. So this is going to be great because since you fired me like two episodes ago, yeah. now we can talk about like, well, I'm looking for work, what I'm going to do. Well, so you do have a, uh, uh, what is it called? A recovery plan? It's not a recovery plan. Oh, the thing. A performance okay. improvement plan. You do have a performance <laughs> improvement plan in place. Do I? We do need to talk about that because mm-hmm. we're almost up to your two-week probation. Mm. This is like how most companies do performance improvement plans because I had no idea it was in place. <laughs> I have no idea what the requirements are, what hoops I have to jump through. And no. I have no idea when that two weeks is Look, up. I just like keeping up with the status quo. But if you have a performance improvement plan, doesn't that mean the status quo isn't good enough? It just means stop sucking. Right. Right. Uh, so keep it, keep the test going. Oh, shoot. I just stopped the test. Right. So I wanted to see if we open the blinds. Mm-hmm. Oh, there are a bunch of shitty ladders out there. Never mind. Okay, so what does the test look like? Hey, Mom. Get out of my room! I'm playing Minecraft!